Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You see him on the MLB Network. Uh, does a great job hosting all the shows that he hosts. We had a little trouble getting him on because he's always hosting. Uh, every time we turn around, he's got to do another show. Well, he did carve out a couple minutes for us today. Steven Nelson from the MLB Network cops aboard with us here on CBS Sports Radio. How's your Sunday going, Steve? Uh, it's it's going well, Judith. Thanks so much for having me. I feel like I was a bad luck charm for you and your show. Since <laughs> you tried getting me on, like we had a disaster. Your car broke down. It's just been a mess. So it's, I'm, I'm glad that we could finally make it happen, and it's an honor to talk with you. We got you on today. That's the only thing that matters. Um, yes. But we did watch a couple winning streaks go by the board today. Mets had been unbelievable. Uh, not only have they won eight in a row, but they've had – anybody can have a great week. They've had a great two weeks. No, they've had a great month since the All-Star yeah. break, 21-6, and six, but they got beat up by the Nationals today. How have the Mets gotten this hot? It's crazy. You got to ask Tom. Tom knows more about baseball than I do. Yeah, I've just been I've just been enjoying the ride uh, this, these last few months, guys, because there's a lot more juice around the office these days at the network. Let me tell you, Met fans were kind of lurking in the weeds when the weather wasn't so great outside. If you catch my drift, and now that it's a little sunnier, teams in the wild card race, boom, the volume has been turned up quite a bit. But listen, they have a staff that, quite frankly. I don't want any part of in a short series with DeGrom and Syndergaard. If he's, you know, rolling the right way, Stroman and Wheeler, nah, I, I like pass. You know, that's, that's a strong club. And the way the lineup has come alive, you know, not just Pete Alonso, who, of course, taken uh, New York and Queens specifically by storm this year, but Michael Conforto, I covered that kid at Oregon State in college, and I always describe him as appointment viewing baseball. You know, I had, I had to really hunker down when I was shooting highlights for, for Beaver baseball because he was just must-see TV. And I'm glad that his, his body and his swing is coming back around after the injury. And J.D. Davis is probably the Mets' biggest offseason acquisition. Yeah. That's how I've been describing him uh, when talking about Mets baseball. He has been such a revelation and then the flying squirrel. You know, how can you not love on Jeff McNeil a little bit? So it's been great to see. And, I, you know, you miss me with all the talk that, that we heard over the last few weeks of, uh, who have they played? They haven't beaten anybody. you got to beat who's in front of you on the schedule. They didn't make their schedule, and so they're winning games when they have to. And now they enter a very tough stretch. There's no way around it. And the, they answered the first bell. They took this series from the Nats, and, yes, they didn't complete the sweep today. Um, a few unearned runs was ultimately the difference. Edwin Diaz giving up another dinger is a problem as it's been all year. But, you know, by and large, uh, this Mets team, this Mets run seems for real. They did get two out of three against the Nats, even though they lost today. Now they go down to Atlanta for a big series again. Getting tested, no took advantage of a little bit of a soft underbelly in the schedule, but they win another series, beating the Nats. We'll see what they do against the Braves you don't think either the Mets or the Nats can get hot enough to catch Atlanta, do you? Uh, 
I don't. I, I actually do think both the Nats and Mets will get in, though. I think if right now, I mean, who knows? Because there's so much time left. But that, those would be my pick, just because I, I put so much value on those rotations. Max Scherzer, hopefully he's hopefully he gets right. Like it's kind, of, it's becoming a little worrisome. Uh, but that one, two, three is probably as good as any in baseball uh, with with Scherzer, Corbin, and Strasburg. Um, I, I I just don't see the Braves, despite the bullpen issues, and that is putting it very plainly. It's a nightmare every time. Every time you go into the pen, I think every Braves Braves, Braves fan has to either turn off the television, mute it, walk away. Uh, dye their hair because it's turned gray. <laughs> it's a lot of stress in Atlanta with the bullpen, but uh, I believe in the depth of that lineup and um, the pitching to be good enough. I'm not putting them in a World Series contender category because of the staff, but I think Atlanta holds on. Steven Nelson from the MLB Network, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, if you like both the Mets and the Nats, that means only one team's coming out of the Central, and that's the Cubs, the uh, Cards, and the Brewers, Cardinals had a tough week, went out to L.A. and got their tails yeah. kicked. Uh, I still like their team, but they did uh, take a step backwards this week. Uh, Cubs have the lead in the division, but they're they're kind of inconsistent. Joe Madden's talking a good game. He still thinks he's got the best team, and he'll be back and uh, managing the Cubs again uh, going forward into the future. How good is that race going to be down the stretch? Jody Mack, how beautifully – mediocre has the central been this year in the national <laughs> league like it's just so I, if you like chaos like i do this is your favorite division in baseball because you it's hard to figure out who any of these teams are all year long it's been that way team gets hot and you're like okay finally put they're putting it together then they go ice cold uh, like the, the cubs they're, they're at the top of the division right now they can't win a ball game on the road away from wrigley field they're uh, they're a train wreck the st louis cardinals they just again, like it seems like a 500 team for the majority of the year, but then Paul Goldschmidt puts the team on his back and carries them back into the race. Now, Milwaukee, of the teams uh, behind Chicago right now, I think Milwaukee's would probably be the most fun uh, to see in the postseason. A little worried about Christian Yelch's back, which has been bulky for a while now in his career. And the bullpen is not as bulletproof as it was a year ago when it took them all the way to game seven against the Dodgers. Josh Hader, uh, he, again, they're, they're touching them up for home runs this year. Uh, teams are finally getting to that fastball. At least when they do get to it, they're taking it out of the yard. Um, and also lack of health. And then the rotation, I mean, how much has that improved from a year ago? Jordan Lyles with another good turn today from Milwaukee, which is inspiring. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just think Chicago uh, with that staff and that talent, uh, top to bottom, is, is the squad there in the Central. And, and hey, how about the Reds though? The Reds are playing good ball, and they're actually closer to a postseason spot than the Red Sox right now in the American League, which is kind of wild at this point. If anybody would have said, "Hey, the 11th of August, Cincinnati's uh, going to be a little closer to the postseason than Boston, the World Series champs." You'd be like, you're an idiot. No, well, people say that to me anyway. But, <laughs> but, the, but, but you gotta love what you're seeing out of the Reds. Speaking of the Reds, where did it, where did this kid Aristides Aquino come from? <laughs> I, I had heard yeah. the name, but he wasn't one of the Reds' top prospects. He surely wasn't a top 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 prospect in baseball. 
and they call him up, and he hits more home runs than anybody's in a week uh, ever in the history of baseball. Hit three last night as seven in eight games, something ridiculous last night. He's already got a nickname, the Pounder. How did they keep this kid under wraps? I, I, I don't know where the Punisher was hiding from us, but that he, now that he's here, I'm so happy. Reds fans, were, I think where they were a little heartbroken when Yasiel Puig was traded, right? I think they're like, ah. I kind of like Puig. The wild horse was fun. We've Everybody's forgotten about him in Cincinnati, thanks to Aquino. <laughs> he started his career 0 for 7. And then he's, what, like, uh, batting better than 500, seven dingers, 14 ribbies, eight-game hit streak. And, and it is you're, – you're right. It's out of nowhere because he spent his first six years of pro ball in the minors and never got higher than single-A, like, advanced. And – this year, between AAA and the big leagues now, he's like a totally different human. He's opened up his stance a little bit, uh, which Harold Reynolds and you know, Eric Birds have talked about in the, the past few days on MLB Network, um, and that's helping him get to the baseball a little bit. Harold likened it to what Jay Buhner did back in the day, kind of open him up, and, and he turned into a different player. And Aquino has just been that dude uh, for Cincinnati, but – yeah, yeah, Aquino hit three long balls yesterday, and then Jordan Alvarez for Houston. So two rookies, same day, three home run nights. Uh, I mean, this this rookie class, uh, we know we're in the era of the home run ball, but this rookie class has been dynamite. It has, and let me uh, follow it up there, and if Aquino can do this for uh, six more weeks, I may have to change my tune. But I said this, <laughs> and I, I got grief for it uh, during the week when I said it. I said Pete Alonso's already won the National League Rookie of the Year. And I heard from a, a huge uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. fan, how can you do that? He plays a better yeah. position. He's so exciting. I said, I'm not bad-mouthing Fernando Tatis. No. Don't don't take it that way. I think he's a great young player, and in another year, he could absolutely win Rookie of the Year. Alonzo's got a chance to hit 50, and yeah. he's already uh, – he's his next one will tie Bellinger for the National League record. He's going to hit more home runs than any Met has ever hit in a season – did I overstate it? Did I ju- uh, jump the gate here by uh, handling it to Lonzo with six weeks to go? Uh, no, I don't think you jumped the gun, Jody. Not at all. Because he is the front runner, and he has been for most of the season. I am in love with Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm, I'm still heartbroken that my White Sox traded him. It looks I know that deal looks brutal in hindsight. Uh uh, it's, it's opening up a wound. Give me a moment, Jody. I'll get to your question. <laughs> no, no, but but the fact the fact of the matter is this: uh, I think it's closer than Met fans want to believe it is. Tatis missed missed uh, a chunk of time, uh, but still his numbers at a premier premium position, uh, five to a player are, are are just simply off the charts. He's a dynamic athlete with incredible instincts, but Pete Alonso. A shot in the arm to a team that is now staring at a postseason berth where the Padres have fallen off coming out of the break. Um, and, you know, doesn't doesn't hurt that he's playing in New York and Tatis is playing in the forgotten market, uh, San Diego. I do think that, that that plays into it. But you're right. I, I, I think Alonzo is the favorite at this point. You're not jumping the gun. And, again, I'm, I'm, I'm like, at the head of the, the train for the, uh, you know, Fernando Tatis junior high train. But you got to give credit where it's due, and Alonzo right now with um, how vital and, and pivotal he's been to the Mets' success this year. That's going to go a long way for voters. 
perfect lead into my uh, last question and point. Thank you very much for that. Comparing <laughs> Tatis no and Alonzo, one Alley in New York, one with a team that's competing for a playoff spot, the other one in San Diego, the West Coast, not really in it. He's under the radar, blah, blah, blah. Mike Trout, MVP, American League. He's going to get it. I know he's going to get it, and everybody knows he's going to get it. But I'm an old head and an old school guy who believes if you finish 20 games out of the playoffs, that kind of should handicap your MVP status. I believe the word valuable in the award should stand for something. He's the best player in baseball. Nobody argues he's the best player in baseball. By far and away, he's the best player in baseball. But there is the word valuable in most valuable player. Is there anyone else in the American League that I can make the argument for who's playing for a team that is either going to win a division or make a wild card or at least even be in a wild card race? Or do I just have to throw up my hands and go, yeah, Trout's so far and away better than everybody else. He's going to get the MVP again. Yeah, I mean, Jody, man, you you can make the argument. I don't know if anybody's going to listen to it. (laughs) I'll continue to make it. That's all right. It won't be the first time nobody's listening to me. No, I, I no, I understand what you're saying, um, but he, I, <laughs> you got to rename, rename the award after the dude. He's 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 been. I think he's an alien. I think Mike Trout's an alien. And I know Millville, <laughs> New Jersey, claims him as their native son. I I don't know. I think he came down in a meteor at some point in, in time. But uh, he his numbers when he won the unanimous MVP a few years ago, he's already surpassed those. It's already been better. So, I mean, I asked the question on MLB Network to Tom Verducci and Eric Burns last week. I was like, if he stopped playing now, would he win the award because of that? And, he, and, and of course, the obvious answer is no. you you got to play a certain amount of games. and But but he has elevated his game to another level, and he's bored us with his greatness. So he's a victim of his, of his own success. So I think that is why people want to look for somebody else to be MVP. Like, all right, so then you're going to look at, all right, let's pick the best team in the American League, Houston Astros. Who are you going to single out? Who are you yeah, going to single out from that club? You, you can't because then it's then because then you get an argument as well. They benefit from being in a loaded lineup with a stack rotation and, you know, a star-studded team. Okay, well, then you, you go to the Yankees. D.J. LeMahieu? You're going to argue D.J. LeMahieu against Mike Trout? You're going to argue Gio Urshela? Because those are the two who have been the most valuable. D.J. for sure, yep. It hasn't been Giancarlo Stanton, hasn't been James Paxson, hasn't been Luis Severin, maybe Domingo Herman. But all right, but then now you're getting into like deep, deep layers of this MVP debate. So I, 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 I get the postseason argument when it comes to the most valuable player award and why that matters to some people. I just think this year it has to be thrown out the window because Mike Trout has been that good. Yeah, I'm going to continue to beat the drum and I'm going to get beat <laughs> down, and that's perfectly okay with me. As I said, is not the first well, time? So, so then, who's right now? Who's hey, yeah, Lemayu your, would be my guy? guy, and you compare Lemayu season to Trout season, and Trout dwarfs him and war and all the categories and everything else. Which, by the way, ask your buddy Brian Kenny about comparison of War <laughs> Alonzo to Tatis. <laughs> And it's not close. Yeah. Even though Alonzo plays first base, he, he dominates him in war, too. Um, and I'm going to lose the argument. I know I'm going to lose the argument, but it's one of those old-school things that I just can't uh, I can't get out of my head. I believe you got to play on a team that's I, above 500 and in the race to uh, be the MVP. I, I do want to give a ton of love to DJ LeMahieu, though. Like I, I, Early in the year, I think it was a closer race than 
how it's perceived to be now. But you want to talk about delivering when it's important and getting a team in the postseason. Well, how about when it's important in the middle of a game, when they got a runner in scoring position or a runner in scoring position with two outs? D.J. LeMay, who is batting 415 in that situation, getting on base 466, OPS north of 1,200 with 36 ribbies. Burns in scoring position, less than two outs. I mean, and also he's gold glover on defense. And I'm glad that people, non-Rockies fans, are finally realizing that D.J. LeMay, is good at the baseball because it's not, it wasn't Coors Field with this, with this guy. He's, he's, he's a hitter. He's a ball player. He's versatile and valuable for the Yankees. He does put the you can't take him out of Coors Field, Coors Field argument to rest. Uh, I'm with you 100% there. Stephen, I'm glad we finally were able to hang, uh, put it together and uh, get it uh, done on a given day. Oh, now that uh, you and I are boys, I'm going to tap That's into right. you that much uh, more often going forward. Well, whoa, 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 Jody Mac, don't, don't. Tank your viewership like that. You bring me on like that's, that's tying a ball and chain to your show, and I just don't. I don't want to do that to you or your crew. See, he but was any, listening. But anytime you want, I'm here. Right, no tanking. We were talking tanking earlier. We won't be tanking with you, brother. Appreciate you coming on, Stephen. Thanks much. Jody Mac, thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.